0: Welcome to Around the Spiritual Table podcast, where we take Bible topics and even your Bible questions and our panel will address and answer those questions for you. So we invite you to be with us as we sit around the spiritual table. Welcome to this week's episode of Around the Spiritual Table. I'm your host, Luke Puckett, and we are honored to have you with us this week. As we stated last week, we are giving our panel a break. Uh, We've had several men be on uh, since we have started this podcast a couple months ago, uh, and uh, we have plans to do some recording uh, here in a few days, uh, and we're going to be getting set up and ready to go for 2023. Uh, And we are excited about that. Uh, And next week, tune in, we're going to have a little preview uh, of some of the things that we're going to be planning on talking about uh, in 2023, uh, and how that you can submit your questions, uh, and any topic that you would like for us to discuss. uh, And we'll be glad to get those on the agenda, uh, and uh, so that we can get our panel overlooking these questions. Last week, we began to do a study on a topic that is sometimes difficult to talk about. People don't like to talk about it, uh, and that is dealing with death. We looked at the reality of death last week, and we understand that death is a part of our everyday life. It is around us. We have experienced it with friends, family, loved ones, coworkers, uh, and all those that are around about us. We've seen it, and we've had to deal with it. The Bible talks a lot about death, and we looked at several passages last week that tell us about the reality of death. And we saw that Job said when he is answering his friends, all the trials that he was going through and his, his so-called friends that come to him, they're trying to say that he has done something wrong and he needs to get repentance of that. And uh, in, in his response, Job said in Job 14, man that is born of woman is of but a few days and full of trouble. We see that our days indeed are few, or numbered, James says in James chapter four is when talking about uh, making plans for for tomorrow. Uh, if we don't say if God wills, we don't know what the morrow holds. And so he says in verse fourteen of James four, whereas you do not know what will happen tomorrow, for what is your life? It is even a vapor that appears for a little time and then vanishes away. Our life here indeed is short. Whether we live uh, what we would consider a a young life, a teenager, young 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, or we're in our 70s, 80s, 90s, 100, that time is short when we compare it to eternity. You know, it is very difficult for us to wrap our minds around the concept of eternity. Everything that that we know has a beginning, uh, and it is has an end but eternity is not that way it is it is forever it is something that is that is everlasting never ending and when we think about that in comparisons to even a hundred years that we might live upon this earth that is just a drop in the bucket and so we we looked at the reality of death and we talked a little bit about Man having two parts, an earthly part and a spiritual part. And of course, we, we become to know and, and we love that which we said that we can touch, we can feel, we can hug, we can kiss, that that which we know is the physical, but it returns to the dust of the ground. But we are created in the image of God, Genesis one twenty six and 27, and he breathed into his nostrils the, the breath of life, and, and the man became a living soul. Genesis chapter 2 and verse number seven and so when when we think about this and, and and we understand that that we have a soul and we can see if we go to first Corinthians chapter 15 we we have the passage of of the great resurrection chapter uh, and and we understand that the resurrection is is a real thing. And and the first part there, kind of in First Corinthians chapter 15, uh, you know, if there is no resurrection of the dead, then, then Christ is not risen. If we believe in Christ that he is the Son of God, if we believe that he came to this earth and that he died that death on the cross for our sins, and then he was placed in that tomb. And on the third day, as he was in there Friday, Saturday, on that third day, Sunday, he' rose from the dead, and that tomb is empty, and we serve a resurrected Savior. But as 1 Corinthians 15, verse 13, also verse 16 imply, uh, if Christ is not risen, then your faith is futile. You're still in your sins. If Christ is not risen, our preaching is empty, and your faith is also empty. If there is no resurrection of the dead, then Christ is Not risen, for if the dead do not rise, then Christ is not risen. Verse 18 says, Then also those who have fallen asleep in Christ have perished. It's only in Christ that we have hope. But Christ is raised from the dead. Verse 20, But now Christ is risen from the dead, and he's become the first fruit of those who have fallen asleep. Christ's resurrection points towards our own resurrection, that we have a soul. Christ's tomb is empty, and one day if we die, before Christ comes back, we will be raised from the dead. If we are alive and remain, we'll be changed kind of in that moment, that twinkling of an eye. We will drop this physical body. Flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God. When we look at, this concept of the great resurrection, First Corinthians chapter fifteen, we under we understand that man has two parts. There is the first part from the earth, and there is the second part that is from God, or it is the spiritual. Uh, and so we we see that. That that are that the resurrection of the dead, the the body it's sown in corruption, it's raised in incorruption. It's sown a natural body, it is raised a spiritual body. There is First Corinthians fifteen forty four. There is a natural body, and there is a spiritual body. The first is the natural, then after that is the spiritual, uh, and so we we see that as we look at this concept that, that we have two parts. We were made from the dust, uh, and, and, and the dust we are going to return, our physical first part. But the second part was made in the image of God, and it bears the image of, of the heavenly, of, of the spiritual. But flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God. Corruption does not inherit incorruption. We're going to be changed this corruptible is going to put on incorruption this mortal is going to put on immortality this is where death is swallowed up in victory this is why we can say as 1 Corinthians 15:55 says oh death where is your sting oh hades where is your victory the sting of death is sin the strength of sin is the law but thanks be to god who gives us victory through our lord jesus christ death is not an ending. Death is but a beginning. Yes, it's the ending of this physical life as we talked about, but it is the beginning of a spiritual life. And so that's what we want to talk about is is what's next. What happens after we die or what happens if Christ comes back and we are, we are still alive and, and we are changed and we dropped this physical body. Well, as we kind of referenced a little bit last week in Hebrews chapter 9 and verse 27, for it's appointed unto man to die once, and after this, the judgment. Judgment in some form comes after we die. You know, I think we have a, a great example of this in, in Luke chapter 16 with the account of the rich man, uh, and and Lazarus, I did a I did a sermon on that this past um, this past Sunday, uh, and we looked at what we can learn from the rich man and Lazarus, uh, and we see there in in Luke chapter sixteen verses nineteen through thirty one this account. Now the question is often raised: is the, is this an actual event? Is Jesus telling of an actual event, uh, or is he recording a parable? Uh, and look. The, the fact is, it doesn't matter. Jesus is telling us something about the life that comes next. Uh, I, I believe that Jesus is referencing something that, that more than likely actually happened. When Jesus normally speaks a parable, uh, it will say, "Then he spake a parable unto them." And, and and we don't see that here. But regardless, if it's a parable or not, the message is still the same. This is this is a, a parable. This is an account of something something that happened, and Jesus is explaining it to us, uh, and and we can understand it to be talking about what happens when we die. In Luke 16, so it was that the beggar died and was carried away by the angels into Abraham's bosom. The rich man also died and was buried. And being in torments in Hades, he lifted up his eyes and saw Abraham afar off and Lazarus in his bosom. When we see this, I think we, we find what happens to us. When we die, or if we die before Christ comes back. Now, I know there's a lot of uh, discussion on that in the religious world. Do we go to the Hadean realm when we die, if we die before Christ comes back, or do we go straight to eternal reward or to eternal? Punishment. We're not going to get into all of that on this episode. If, if you would like for us to do a more detailed study on that, uh, we'll be glad to talk about it on one of our future episodes. Just email us spiritualtable101 at gmail.com and we'll be glad to look at that in greater detail. Uh, but there are several passages, Luke 16 here being one of them, that causes me to believe that the scripture teaches us that until the great judgment day until that second coming of Christ when we meet him in the air, which we'll talk about later, uh, that if we die before that time, that we go to the Hadean realm. Uh, and if you notice, I am reading from the New King James Version of the Bible, uh, and verse 23 said, "In, in being in torments, and in, in Hades, he lifted up his eyes. If, of course, if you read from uh, the, the King James Version there, you will notice that it says, and in hell he lifted up his eyes. Uh, that word there is not eternal hell, uh, which in the Hebrew and in the Greek, I'm not a Greek scholar by any means, but it's something similar to Gehana or Gehanna. Uh, and that is eternal hell. But what is used here is the word Hades. It's the Hadian realm. Like when Jesus said to the thief on the cross, "Today you will be with me in paradise." In Acts chapter two, when it talks about Jesus' soul not being left, if if you read from the King James, his soul was not left in hell. The new King James' soul was not left in in Hades. Jesus was in the Hadean realm, the place of departed spirits, if you will, but he was in paradise. He was in Abraham's bosom, just like Lazarus was here from our account in in Luke chapter 16. But the rich man was in torments in the Hadean realm. And so uh, I believe that we go to one of these two places. If we die before Christ comes back, depending on the life that we had lived, and that's what we are judged by. Well Each of us will give an account of himself before God, Romans 14.10. ten. A second Corinthians 5.10, we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that each one may receive the things done in his body according to what he has done, rather good or bad. And so we, we do realize that we we'll have some form of judgment according to the way that we have lived our life in accordance to the will of God here on this earth. And if we die before Christ comes back, I believe that we will go into the Hadean realm. Uh, if we have lived a righteous life, then we will be in paradise or Abraham's bosom. If we have not, then we will be in torments, just like the rich man was these two places are polar opposites just like eternal heaven and eternal hell they are polar opposites and 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 we realize that there's a lot of things that that can't take place here you know that there there's no going between one place and the in the other because we see that the rich man looked and he saw he saw abraham afar off and he saw lazarus in his bosoms and he cried out and he said father abraham have mercy on me send lazarus that he may dip the tip of his finger in water Cool my tongue, for I am tormented in this flame. But Abraham said, Son, remember that in your lifetime you received good things. Likewise, Lazarus evil things, but now he is comforted and you are tormented. And besides all of this, between us and you there is a great gulf fixed, so that those who want to pass from here to you cannot, nor can those from there pass to us. Once we are there, we are there. It is... Eternal. There is no going from torments to paradise or paradise to torments. I know there are many people who would who would teach this very fact that you know you can be bought or prayed out of purgatory, uh, or someone could be baptized for you and and pray for you, and you could go from torments to paradise. But that's not the way it works. That's not according to the scripture. That's not according to the Word of God. And so once we are there, we are there by the way that we have lived our life. So if, if we die before Christ comes back, our body, our physical body, it's going to decay. It's going to return from that which it was taken. But our spiritual life just begins. We will, in some form, receive a type of judgment, Hebrews 9.27 Uh, And if we have not lived a righteous life, there will be no one welcoming us. There will be no one taking us uh, and helping us into this new journey of our life. We'll be like the rich man. He died. He was buried. And being in torments in Hades, he lifted up his eyes. We will go straight to torture, to torments in eternal agony. But if we've lived a faithful life, if we die before Christ comes back, we will die, and the angels will be there to carry us into paradise. So it was that the beggar died, Lazarus, and he was carried by the angels to Abraham's bosom. It was a welcoming. It was someone there with you to walk you in to this wonderful place of paradise. What a wonderful thought that is, that if you and I, if, if, if we live that faithful life, that the angels will be there waiting for us if we die before Christ comes back, and they will usher us into a better place, a better life, a spiritual life in Abraham's bosom or paradise. And so this, this is what we see that will happen if we die before Christ comes back. There's some passages in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 that also talks about this concept concerning those who have already fallen asleep. There were some issues there in Thessalonica, uh, concerned about those and the resurrection. But yet, there also is the implication there that there will be some that are alive and remain when Christ comes back. And it says, we will by no means... Uh, you know, have anything to do with those that's already passed on, Christ is going to bring those with him. The dead in Christ will rise first, then we which are alive and remain will be called up to meet the Lord in the air. And he says, therefore, comfort one another with these words. But yet, when we think about this, and when we consider the ideal, Christ is coming back. He's not coming back, and we're not going to get into all that, but he's not coming back to set up an earthly kingdom. There is no concept of, of Christ setting up an earthly kingdom. There is no concept of the thousand-year reign of Christ on this earth, on the literal throne, and the Antichrist, and the rapture, and all of these things have, have been made up by man. They're, they're not biblical. We can't find evidence for those uh, in the Scripture, but that's not the, the purpose of, uh, of, this, of this topic right now. But what, what we do notice is Christ is coming back. back. 1 Thessalonians 4, that, that we will meet the Lord in the air. Not on this earth, but in the air. Uh, and as we can see towards the end of Matthew chapter 25, I think we can see scenes of that great judgment day where Christ is going to judge us. And he's going to have a great separation. Those that have done good to the resurrection of life, those that have done evil uh, to, to condemnation. Says they will sh- separate people as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goat. Some on the right, though, some on the left. Right to everlasting life, left to eternal condemnation. And, and so, if we are alive and remain when Christ comes back, uh, we see in First Peter three ten that this world is going to be melted with a fervent heat. It's going to happen. It's going to happen in, in the snap of a finger, in the blink of an eye. We'll be here, and then this world will be gone. Everybody. It's a judgment for everyone. Every knee shall bow, and every tongue shall confess, Romans chapter 14. There's no one that's going to miss the judgment day. Again, going back to 2 Corinthians chapter 5, for we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. We are going to be judged on that day when Christ comes back. We meet the Lord in the air, and then there's going to be this this great judgment day. Uh, And if we have been found faithful, we will hear those words, well done, good and faithful servant. We'll get to enter into the joy of our Lord. But if we have not been lived a righteous life, we will hear those dreaded words, depart from me, you practice lawlessness. I never knew you. See, that's not what we want to hear. But when that is done, we will face eternal judgment. And that's where we will be Eternally, if we go and, and we look at the end of Matthew chapter twenty five uh, as as we see some things concerning uh, concerning the the coming of Christ uh, and the final judgment, uh, but it says this speaking of those who have been unrighteous, and these shall go away into everlasting punishment, but the righteous into eternal life, everlasting eternal again, once we are there, we are there, the dead in Christ will rise their spiritual body, that is, uh, be taken from either paradise or torments to go before the great judge on the great judgment day, and that judge is our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ who is a righteous judge, and he will judge us righteously. We will either hear those words, well done, or depart from me, at which point eternity will be passed On us, our eternal judgment. And if we have lived that righteous life, we will be in heaven, around the throne of God, praising Him forever. And if not, we will be in a horrible place, a place of outer darkness that is prepared for the devil and his angels. You know, Jesus talks about how bad that. Eternal punishment is, uh, and how that we should not give in to sin that could cost us our eternal life. At the end of Mark chapter 9, verses 42 and and following, we we see this very thing. Uh, And and it talks about, you know, if your foot causes you to sin, or if, you know, cut it off, or if your eye causes you to sin, uh, pluck it out. If your hand causes you to sin, cut it off. Why? Because it's better to enter into life maim rather than having two hands to go into hell, into fire that will never be quenched, where their worm does not die and the fire is not quenched. A place of outer darkness, a place of torments, a place of fire where the worm does not die. A horrible place where people will be eternally if they are unprepared if they are not ready for the coming of the judgment day. Go back to the beginning of Matthew chapter 25, and it talks about that preparation. It gives it, it gives the account or the parable there of the five wise and the five foolish virgins. The five wise were prepared, and they got to enter in. The five foolish were not, and they did not get to enter in. And once that door was shut again, it was shut for good. You see, death isn't something that if we are a faithful child of God that we have to dread. Death from this life, because it means paradise is waiting for us. Death, if Christ comes back and we, uh, in the blink of an eye, drop our physical body and we face judgment, means an eternal home in heaven. The only reason one should fear death is if they're not a faithful child of God or if they're not a child of God at all. If we are not ready to stand judged, if we are not ready... That to be carried away by the angels in Abraham's bosom or, or to be judged by Christ and say, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. If what we would do is open up our eyes and torments like the rich man, or if we would hear those words from Christ, Depart from me. That's scary. That's something that should give us true nightmares, something that should keep us from sleeping. Jesus said that we shouldn't fear him who is able to destroy body, but rather fear him who is able to destroy both body and soul in hell. That's what terrifies us, or that's what should terrify us about death. Yes, it's unknown. Yes, it's departing and leaving our loved ones, and these are things that we do not want to do. But if we're a faithful child of God something far better awaits for us. But if we are not, then the subject of death should terrify us to the point that we should want to make a change in our life. If we're not a child of God to become one, if we're an erring child of God to to come back home and, and serve Him faithfully just like the prodigal son did, death, though, does not have to be terrifying. It's something that we can be looking forward to, to that great day when we are either in paradise and ha- when eventually having our eternal home in heaven. What a day, glorious day, that will be. I hope our study on on this topic has been helpful to you, insightful or just a refresher uh, as we think about it. Again, I, I know it's something we don't like to think about, but it is a reality, And it's something that we need to consider every day of our life because death could come to us today, tomorrow, at any time, and we must be ready for it. And it is our prayer and our plead with you that you are ready for when this life is over to be judged so that heaven can one day be your home. I thank you so much for turning in to this week's episode of Around the Spiritual Table. Again, if you have comments or questions, please let us know. We'll be glad to address those. You can email those to us at spiritualtable101 at gmail.com. And we want to invite you to be with us next week as we sit around the spiritual table. Thank you for being with us on Around the Spiritual Table. This podcast is overseen by the fine elders at the Coldwater Church of Christ in Murray, Kentucky. It is also sponsored by the Coldwater Church of Christ, as well as the fine brethren of the Dexter Church of Christ in Dexter, Kentucky. If you have a Bible topic or a Bible question that you would like for us to address, you may submit that via email, spiritualtable one oh one at gmail.com, and you can find that in the description below. As always, we want to invite you to be with us next week as we sit around the spiritual table.